break 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 You're listening to Breakthrough News, and this is The Punch-Out. We're following the news all day so you don't have to, giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be. And yes, we are back here on The Punch-Out, 18th of August, 2022. Very happy to be back with you here on the show, and we've got plenty for you here on the show. Today, we want to talk about whether or not we should still be fearing a recession. As we look at the broader economic outlook as the summer starts to wind down, the big questions all revolve around whether or not we are going to have or are already in a recession. Technically, we have had two straight quarters of negative growth, which certainly implies a recession. But on the other hand, in July, the economy continued to add jobs and unemployment has continued to tick down. Private sector employment is actually now half a percentage point over where it stood in the pre-pandemic times. So in other words, there are half a percent more people employed now than pre-pandemic. So in other words, we are more or less back to where we were right before COVID started in that regard. However, public sector employment is still about 3% lower than where it was in February 2020, so still quite some bit of ground to be made up there. Nonetheless, it's clear these are all signs of economic growth. One other notable statistic to me was that capacity utilization, that's essentially how much of the U.S. manufacturing base is being actively used, did continue to grow in July. That's notable to me because it speaks to some of the core industries like steel and auto, which have been doing quite well over the past year. And this certainly implies that they're still moving along, which again suggests growth in the economy rather than weakness. And there's also the possibility that the Inflation Reduction Act, by offering huge subsidies to the clean energy sector, along with the Infrastructure Bill and the CHIPS Act, will help push economic growth in the latter part of this year and into early 2023. So all in all, you might say, well, hey, all those recession fears were maybe a bit overblown. Maybe it's all going to be fine. Well, to that, I would say, not so fast, my friend. It seems that quite a bit of whether the economy takes a serious downturn, whatever we want to call that, will depend on what we really should call the class struggle elements around how inflation is addressed. The one thing that is most likely to tip the economy into a negative spiral is overzealous interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve. In the minutes from the Fed's July meeting, it was clear that the Federal Reserve is heavily considering more rate hikes this year in order to, in their words, fight inflation. They didn't provide any direct guidance, but the markets are currently expecting a half a point increase at the September meeting of the Federal Reserve. This is contentious for a few reasons. First and foremost, there are at least some signs that it may not be necessary because inflation may have or be just about at peak level and then it's going to start declining. In July, inflation was basically flat from June, with prices falling across a range of the most inflationary sectors, including energy. Gas prices, for instance, fell about 8% between June and July. So while compared to 2021, prices are still very high, it's possible they could be coming back down to earth. There's also the fact that wage growth is definitely on a downward trend over the past few months. Now, it's dubious that wages were really driving inflation, but to the extent they are on a downward trend, they definitely will not be driving inflation going forward as long as that trend holds. 
profits seem to be plateauing a bit from the sky-high levels they reached in 2021, although they are still significantly higher than 2020. We know, however, that increasing corporate profiteering, price gouging if you prefer, was likely the biggest driver of inflation over 2021 into this year. However, when you look at the quarter two results from some of the biggest beneficiaries like steel companies, many were expressing in their various financial statements about this, that they may not be able to use prices as effectively as they have been over the past year to keep profit margins fat. So the price gouging element of inflation could be slowing a bit as well. Now, all that being said, this is all hypothetical for sure, and inflation could easily still continue to grow. So it'll be interesting to see how the various indices for August look to see if July was more of an anomaly or not. In particular, because there are many aspects to inflation that are tied to specific events like energy costs. The war in Ukraine and sanctions on Russia are driving the huge spike in energy costs, so that has its own motion. Say the war accelerates and Russia seriously cuts oil and gas flows to Europe, prices could spike hugely. Or if there's some major accident in some oil field somewhere. The reverse could also hold true if the Iran deal is signed and or sanctions on Venezuelan oil are lifted and more oil and gas is able to flow into the market. Something similar applies to food prices, many of which are determined on global markets and are also being affected by similar war-related issues. There's also the fact that there are continued supply chain snarls, and as the economy continues to deal with various elements introduced by the pandemic, they're adding their own issues that are also feeding into inflation. So overall, it's hard to say exactly where inflation may be going, but when you put all this together, it does seem to speak against the Fed increasing rate hikes yet again with so much unknown about where inflation's headed and what some of the various dynamics that are totally outside of the Fed to control may be doing. Now, as we've explained a number of times on this show, raising interest rates is like the blunt force trauma way of addressing inflation. Ultimately, what it does is reduce economic activity. And by reducing economic activity overall, prices go down because all the various economic actors become more discerning. If you're a business, you don't want to lose market share. If you're a consumer, you don't want to pay more than you have to. So you put those two things together and it tends to move prices closer to actual costs. It also, though, means that businesses that were riding on the froth of the economy and basically are totally dependent on credit to survive start to hit the rocks when their interest rate payments go up and they can't cover the cost or their creditors throw in the towel and stop extending credit to them to keep them afloat. The domino effect of these bad bets being cleared out of the economy can be very dangerous. So increasing interest rates generally can cause a recession, and sometimes the Fed does this on purpose, but it also can start to tip over dominoes and things can end up being far worse than just a recession. It can end up in a serious economic crisis. The depth of the problems basically is determined by the underlying strength of the economy and how aggressively the Fed pursues rate hikes. Now, all that being said, in terms of how to address inflation, raising interest rates is the best way for capitalists. This is what I meant about class struggle when I mentioned it earlier about its impact on economic outlooks. Ultimately, when you look at what is causing inflation, if profits were the key driver, then raising taxes on the ultra-wealthy and super-profitable corporations would be the easiest way to start to pull back inflation quickly. But clearly, that hurts their profits and fortunes. While raising interest rates can cause a recession and hurt individual capitalist firms, overall, it helps capitalists consolidate their profit margins. It drives up unemployment by slowing economic growth, That increases competition among workers for jobs, which means capitalists can offer lower wages and fewer benefits to more desperate workers, and low wages are certainly good for profits. And further, as various companies fail, the companies in their industry who don't fail can buy them up and grow their own market share, and thus potential profit-making potential will go up when the economy swings up again. So in sum, things like higher taxes, price controls, and so on that could easily stem inflation mean that capitalists as a class would have to do things like, you know, 
buy only one new mansion or yacht this year, or perhaps go with the regular sized pool rather than the Olympic sized pool. But hey, why would they do that? They love living large on your misery. But the Fed, remember the Fed is controlled by Wall Street, raising interest rates means that workers as a class will bear the brunt of fighting inflation. So in other words, whether to raise interest rates or not is a matter of which class will bear the brunt of taming inflation. In other words, class struggle. Which brings us all the way back around to the issue of whether we enter a recession. It comes down to whether or not the Fed raises interest rates, which, yes, will be based on the numbers and the data, but also will be based on political pressure about what they should be doing and what they will do and who it affects. So will those who feel workers shouldn't have to bear the brunt of an inflation crisis caused majorly by price gouging by the 1% be able to put enough pressure on authorities to make the rich pay or not? It's worth noting here that the idea the Fed is putting out that their rate hikes will result in a quote unquote soft landing and not any big economic crisis so you don't have anything to worry about is a risky bet in and of itself. Bank profits, for instance, were down across the board in quarter two. One of the main issues that was causing these losses, as Reuters pointed out, is, quote, the plunge in profit stems from lenders adding to their reserves for expected loan losses. Bank executives have said more loans will go bad, end quote. So again here, just summing up a bit, the Fed is considering more rate hikes, even when inflation may be plateauing and they might not need it, even when there are better solutions. Primarily, they are doing this because it's the best solution for rich people and corporations, even at the risk of a real economic crisis or at least a serious recession. And notably, all the politicians are for this. So to reiterate the broader point here, the issue of recessions and depressions isn't just about the numbers, but whether or not workers or bosses are the ones driving the solutions. And one other thing we want to note here before we go is regardless of everything else, even when the economy is doing relatively well in technical terms, there is a huge amount of hardship for working and poor people in the United States. In the most recent household poll survey from the census, 152.3 million people had at least a little difficulty paying their usual household expenses. In late March, that number was 137 million. So between March and basically last week, 15.3 million people went from being able to make it week to week to having some trouble making it week to week. The same survey showed that between late March and last week, the number of people who said that they, quote, often did not have enough to eat in the week prior to answering the survey grew by one million people. So at the end of the day, you can see that the fight against inflation is currently being driven in such a way that it's designed primarily to hurt workers who are already experiencing a lot of pain and hardship, and not one of the major political parties is offering a different vision. That's the state of things in the U.S. in August 2022. That's the punch out for today. We're with you Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. here in New York East Coast Standard Time, 2 p.m. in Los Angeles Pacific Standard Time, and 9 p.m. GMT. And of course, you can support everything we do here at Breakthrough News at patreon.com slash breakthrough news. It's your patronage that keeps all of our offerings here at Breakthrough News moving forward. And of course, you can check us out across all your social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at BT Newsroom. 